Hello everyone and welcome to another week of the Full Metal Lockdown podcast. We're here on episode 7 and on today's episode we have an interview with Greg Troll of the legendary Dreadnought. Yeah, that's right. Melbourne's own Dreadnought lead singer, Greg. Uh, yeah, we are going to uh, be rickrolled by Fast Louder. We go into a few other things, uh, future guests, uh, possible guests that I'm talking to at the moment about coming on, and he's seriously thinking about it. We just got to hook up an international phone call uh, for it to happen. Uh, Talk about me being sick, in case you can't hear, I barely have a voice and it's hurting to talk this much. But uh, yeah, what do you say we kick off the show? Thank you for, thank you for, thank you for sticking around. Uh, if you are a regular listener of the show, you would realize that that was a different intro because uh, Greg has gone to Europe, I believe, and uh, we couldn't hook up to do the sound bites, unfortunately. But uh, that that was my bad. I didn't get on to him quick enough. Uh, but. Yeah, but his interview is still on this episode. Uh, I just wanted to apologize for having a sore throat. I've been sick for the last few days. Uh, I've been vomiting. That's why my throat's sore. And I also wanted to apologize for the fact that Dan Silk's second half of his interview is still not on the show. I thought I want to speak clearly when I'm interviewing him, which means I didn't want to do it sick. Which means, yeah, it's delayed another, uh, not next week, it won't, definitely won't be on next week because Greg's in the second half will be on next week and it won't be on the week after that because I'm getting married and I don't want to, like, piss off my new wife by saying I'm going to my man cave to do my podcast. Anyway, yeah, so I just wanted to apologize for the fact that I sound like shit and Dan's not on the show this week. Sorry. Ladies and gentlemen, well, it's official. Last week was our lowest downloaded or listened to show ever. Well, yet. Out of the seven episodes, it is our lowest viewed episode. Viewed? No, that's not possible. This is a podcast. Anyway, uh, no one downloaded it. Or one, maybe two. And then extra, other than the subscribers. But uh, I doubt anybody listened to more than 10 minutes of me dribbling shit. Anyway, I uh, want to uh, go into being rickrolled by Fast Louder. They're a pack of, and I don't use this word very much in the podcast, a pack of cunts. But, that being said, I like Fast Louder. I just hate them for doing this. They rickrolled the shit out of me. Arseholes. But it was funny. I I saw the funny side in it. And hopefully they see the funny side in me saying that about them. Because I don't mean it harshly. But anyway, um, they did a post saying, uh, Guess what? Led Zeppelin have reunited. And they're doing a tour of the world. And they're coming to Australia. Click on the link and it was Rick Astley announces... Australian tour for 2014. Pricks. They rickrolled the shit out of me. Anyway, uh, well done, Flash Ladder, on that one. If you follow me on Twitter, that's t- at Tom underscore Roberts 1989, you would know this by now. And if you listen to my previous shows, uh, you would know this by now too. AJ Matter has confirmed to be a guest on the Full Metal Lockdown podcast. That's right. The, the owner of Soundwave 
the producer, co-producer of the Big Day Out, the co-producer of the Warp Tour, the Australian producer of the Warp Tour, the owner of Harvest, and the owner of Soundwave Touring, and God only knows what the fuck else he does. He does everything. He owns the Australian music scene, pretty much. He is confirmed as being a guest on the Full Metal Lockdown podcast. If you follow me on Twitter tonight, I, I reminded him about it because it's the first week of June, like he said. And he's given me uh, permission to interview him, pretty much. I can't wait for it. That'll happen in a few weeks. Yeah, the interview, actual interview should happen next week, but he won't be on until after the wedding. But yeah, hopefully it uh, it goes ahead, goes well without a glitch. I've got my questions prepared for him, and yeah, it's going to be fun. If you follow us or follow the podcast on Facebook, which is facebook.com forward slash full matter lockdown. I uh, posted up this question. What is the one album every metalhead should have, should own, pretty much, in their collection? Whether it's on MP3, whether it's on CD, whether it's on vinyl, USB, whatever, some kind of cheapy shit that I've never heard of. Hell, even if it's on tape or 8-track, if, if you're that way inclined. But uh, what is the one album so far? I, <laughs> I shared it on my personal page and I've only got one answer. And that's ACDC, Back in Black. And then I got told, the heavy metal, shut your mouth. Uh, they are, they, they were back in the day these days, the more hard rock. But uh, I'll go further back than Black and Back. Back in Black. Not Black and Back. Uh, hell, they could be Black in the Back. I don't know. Anyway, um, I would say ACDC Highway to Hell if you're going to go that route. But any album of the heavy metal description, if you've got an answer, go to our Facebook page and write it up on the post of what the album should be. Or hit me up on the email, which is fullmetallockdown at gmail.com and give me your answer and I'll announce it next week on the show with your name. Uh, my answer is Pantera Cowboys from Hell. Every metalhead should own that album. And if you don't like Pantera, there are like one or two people out there who don't like metalheads out there who don't like them. The other album is probably, uh, I don't know, Rick Astley. I don't know. If you don't like Pantera, you probably like Rick Astley, I guess. But uh, maybe Black, uh, one of the Black Sabbath albums. I don't know. Probably all the Black Sabbath albums, to be honest. Uh, yeah. So uh, hit me up with your answer of what the uh, what the one album that every metalhead should own is. The hot topic going around these days is uh, whether the band Pantera should do a reunion. I mean, uh, Dimebag died 10 years ago, or a bit over 10 years ago, and uh, he is uh, never forgotten by anybody that is a Pantera fan, and I know for a fact that he's not forgotten by the members of Pan the surviving members of Pantera, but uh, the rumors have been going around that because uh, Phil performed with Kill Devil Hill, and and Rex performed with Down, and both of them performed with Black Label Society, and they all performed. Uh, they performed. Uh, I'm Broken with Black Label, uh, Mouth of War with uh, with Kill Devil Hill, I think, and I can't remember what they performed with uh, Down, but anyway, uh, maybe it was fucking Oddstyle. Hope it was anyway. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, yeah, sorry. Uh, so what was I saying? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, should they reform? Should they do a reunion tour? I'm conflicted by this. I know uh, Vinnie Paul has come out and said, no, I don't want to do it. There's only two people that could replace Diam if they did do it, and that is uh, 
is Zach Wild, and he'll be the number one to do it. He'll probably be the only one that does it. Or Greg Trebet from Mudvayne. He's good friends with Vinnie Paul. He was in Hell Yeah with Vinnie Paul, and he's a massive Dimebag fan. But uh, to me, those are the only two that can do it. But that being said, uh, Vinnie Paul won't. I reckon. I, I would lay money on the fact that he won't do it. Be the way, like it's conflicting. At the same time, I would love to be able to see Pantera songs performed by three of the original members of Pantera, but at the same time, I see it as like a almost sacrilege to Dimebag's memory, if you know what I mean. Because uh, he has such following, but at the same time, how awesome would it be if Dime Day was headlined by Pantera? Fuck, can you imagine that? Or, like, even if they don't do a Pantera reunion, I would love to see Hell Yeah, Kill Devil Hill, and Down, and Black Label all tour together. Those four bands touring together in the one show, that's a, that could rival any fucking festival. Like, a big day out in Soundwave could be playing across the road. And they could be playing across the road. Those four bands could be playing across the road. And I guarantee you that Down, Kill, Devil, uh, Hell Yeah, and Black Label Society would get more people to it. Or more metalheads, anyway. Maybe not compared to the Big Day Out because they're more of a, they become more of a hipster. They have always been more of a rock pop festival. Whereas, like, his sound wave was across the road. I don't know how it would go against that lineup. Because the amount of metalheads that would want to see that lineup would go over there and watch it. But that's just my thinking. So, what do you all think? Hit me up on the Twitter at Tom underscore Roberts 1989. Or go to our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Full Metal Lockdown. Or hit me up on the email, fullmetallockdown at gmail.com. And let me know what you think. Like, yeah, let me know what you think about Pantera reforming. Yeah. I, I Like I said, I for one don't think they should. Right now, right now. Right now, I want to talk about uh, the future guests of the Full Minute Lockdown podcast. Uh, we have a few lined up for the rest of this season and season two. We have a few people lined up, but uh, for the rest of this season, we've got uh, Wade McKay from uh, Recall VOR lined up, Voice of Rule. Sorry, I can't really go. <laughs> off this pitch at the moment my throat hurts a lot <clears throat> uh, we have Matt Young of King Parrot lined up and uh, we're in talks with getting AJ Madar to uh, come on the show That he might be season 2 actually we don't know yet hopefully season 1 don't know either way uh, yeah uh, for season 2 we've actually Possibly lined up a future Hall of Famer of the metal industry, and uh, one of the biggest metalheads of all time, and one of, from one of the greatest metal bands of all time. Uh, I can't; it's not a hundred percent confirmed, but I've talked to him personally, and he wants to do it. I talked to his publicist personally, and they want him to do it. I want him to do it. It's just. Uh, He's on tour. He's about to play the Metal Hammer uh, Golden God Awards. Um, they uh, a few clues about who it is that his new band toured Australia recently. His old band toured Australia this year. Uh, there's rumors that his original band might reform. Uh, yeah, and he plays some instrument as me, oh, as I used to anyway. But, uh, yeah, we just got to work out times and see if we can get it done. And he'll be on next seasons. Uh, next season of the Full Metal Lockdown podcast.
But uh, yeah, hopefully that goes ahead. But uh, yeah, we're we're still on the lookout for more strain acts. Like I know who I want, and I'm gonna end up approaching them. And uh, fuck it, I might as well announce it now. I'm gonna approach Frank Bock for an interview. I'm gonna approach Deprivation for an interview. Uh, I've already approached Carnival and Twelve Foot Ninja for interviews, but uh, I've got no reply. I'm gonna approach Sedonia as well. But, uh, yeah, if you want me to approach someone, and it can be anyone, because, like, like I've proven by getting the interview with AJ, but getting the interview with the international metalhead for next season, I can approach anyone. It doesn't hurt to ask. You can ask anyone all that you're going to get. The worst you're going to get is no. So hit me up on the Twitter at Tom underscore Roberts 1989 or hit me up on the Facebook, facebook.com forward slash full metal lockdown or send me an email fullmetallockdown at gmail.com and tell me who you want to hear on the show, who you want to hear me interview and uh, I'll do my hardest, try my hardest to get them on the show. I'll uh yeah, I'll even ask them a question that you want me to ask them. So yeah, that's a uh, possible future guest for for the Full Metal Lockdown podcast. Yeah, I'm sitting down right now with Greg from Dreadnought on the line. Uh, how you going, Greg? Good, thanks, Tom. How are you, man? I'm good, thanks, mate. So, uh, what are you been up to lately? As far as Dreadnought goes, like, because I know the anniversary show was last year, but what's happening this year? Uh, well, so far this year, we've um, we've almost we're just putting the finishing touches on a um, a live DVD that we'll be putting out very soon. Uh, it's called Live in the Dirt, and it features a show from um, the Prague uh, in Melbourne, which unfortunately is no longer with us, but a uh, show that we filmed at the Prague in 2011. Um, it's obviously taken us a few years to to kind of get the uh, finances and everything together to, to put something like this out. Um, what can I say? Uh, but also, also included, we've got a whole bunch of video clips and stuff from over the years. Uh, we've got a couple of photo galleries, which shows shows us from when we first began our first ever photo shoot way back in the early 90s to uh, shots from the um, 21st anniversary show with all different lineups of the band. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's about it, really. So we, we've, got that <laughs> kind of, we've got that kind of prepared to be coming out uh, in the next couple of months. And uh, I, I think we're going to be touring that as well, just to, just to sort of uh, on the East Coast and Adelaide tour to support that. And um, what else have we been doing? We're, uh, we're currently writing new songs. We've got, we've got about five new tunes up and happening, and a couple of those have been playing live uh, for the last little while. But uh, we've got about five songs. We're, we're, we're sort of three-quarters of the way there. We're, we're probably only going to look, be looking at about eight or nine songs for this record, so we're, we're, uh, we're about, uh, yeah, three-quarters of the way through. And what else have we been doing? <laughs> I'm trying to think. So that means a new Dreadnought album on the horizon. Yes, yes, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. You, you album on, on the horizon. But, but uh, we, we will uh, we'll record this year for sure. We'll, probably a little later, maybe September. Probably September. Look oh. at uh, getting in the studio, hopefully, and get it out before the end of the year's the aim sort of thing. We're, we're, uh, we, we usually work with uh, Reggie Bowman, who did our last album. We, we work at his uh, studios, which is called Screen Louder. Um, yeah, so we've also done a uh, well a soundtrack song to a, a mini series that's uh, hopefully going to be coming out early next year. We, I can't really say too much about it because I don't know what are the, uh, the details on on where and when. But uh, we've actually recorded music for that, which is uh, uh, being done by an English guy who lives in Tassie. It's called uh, Hadrianus, and we've, we've done the uh, title track for that. Oh wow, that that's really cool. So uh, you were saying that you're probably going to be touring for the live DVD, uh, like you said, just East Coast and maybe Adelaide. Uh, does that mean you're coming up to New South Wales? Yeah, yeah. No, we haven't been up to we haven't been up to New South for ages. 
which is uh, something we should do. I mean, so far this year we've we've been to uh, Canberra, Adelaide, and Tassie. We actually haven't played a Melbourne gig for six months, and um, yeah, no, we, we we wanted to get back up to um, get back up to New South Wales and, and even Queensland. Um, currently, we we just sort of started some discussions with a band from Japan called Argument Soul. Who we 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 brought out to Australia uh, a few years ago when we put out our last album and uh, we went to Japan with them and we just sort of started some discussions about uh, getting those guys back over here for a tour and uh, sending back to Japan as well with them. So uh, fingers crossed that that eventuates as well before we sort of get in the studio and there will be sort of album lockdown for us after that point. So, uh, who would be your dream tour for Dreadnought, either as headlining over or as a supporter? Uh, who uh, would uh, your dream band be to tour with? Uh, I think, uh, I mean, uh, I know they're collectively, uh, I think, um, I know they're coming out to Australia a little later in the year. It'd have to be an asthma, I think. Um, they, they're just. Um, they're a band that uh, all, all members of Dreadnought, past and present, are big fans of. Um, every, every single body that's ever played in Dreadnought is, is an anathema fan. Like, um, so, yeah, we, we, we didn't get the support slot. Um, obviously, their music's moved a lot further away from their sort of heavier roots of uh, maybe 10 plus years ago. Um, so maybe we're not quite as suited as we would have been. But, um, yeah... But I'm just stoked they're coming out to Australia to play in August, so uh, Dreadnought, the bunch of fanboys, will be there. <laughs> <laughs> so they, if they, you're they in def- the pit to one of their concerts, you might run into one of the Dreadnought boys. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think they have pits anymore. They're not really that sort of band anymore. They don't, they're not really that heavy anymore or anything, but they're just, they're just yeah. brilliant. You know, they, they'd be one of the few bands that... Uh, all members of Dreadnought actually like because we, we have, as far as tasting music goes, we have quite strong musical differences. The members of the band we always have done. Um, you know, a couple of guys might like one band, a couple of guys might like another, and someone else might say, no, they both suck. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> that's always been the way with us as, as far as uh, our, our personal musical taste go. But Anathema, uh, as I said, all members of Dreadnought past and present uh, are big fans of the band. So, yeah, that, that, that would have been a, a great tour to be on, but I'm happy just to go and see them play anyway. Yeah. Is it strange to think that uh, you're, some bands in Australia believe that you're their dream tour partner? Is it strange to think that you've been around and you're a mainstay in Australian heavy metal these days that bands see you as their dream tour partner? Oh, well, that's, you know, that's, pretty flattering, I guess, you know, <laughs> until they actually come and do it with us, and then they <laughs> might change their mind. <laughs> no, uh, no, but, I mean, that's, that's great. I mean, that's, that's you know, that's, you know, flattering, if you will, as far as, you know, uh, younger bands wanting to come on, on the road with us. And look, you know, as far as, uh, well, me personally, I mean, I'm, I'm quite willing to help any band and give any advice I can to any band anywhere to do anything, because, you know, when, when we were coming up, you know, Nobody told us a fucking thing. Not, not a thing. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we learned by trial and error. You know, we, we, you know we've, we've gone broke that many fucking times. It's, it's not funny. And, you know, we've, yeah. we've, made, we've made decisions that we shouldn't have. And, you know, we, we've never really had management or anything like that. We've just, you know, all taken care of various aspects of, you know, you know I love to say it, but the business of being a band, you know, that every... Every member takes care of, of certain aspects, and yeah, we've you know we've just done trial and error. And, you know, any any help I can give or guidance that I can give from to, to younger guys coming up to make it easier for them, then you know I'm quite happy to do that. You know, yeah. As far as any, you know, I think it's flattering that young guys would, would want to come on tour with us and stuff like that. And, and, you know, I mean, I think there's some great new new bands and that around. It's, it's excellent, you know. And, uh, it's, a yeah. bit of a, it's a bit of a pity Australia is such a large country because, unfortunately, it sort of I think it kind of lacks that cohesion that it could have um, amongst metal bands. I and mean, then, even though communication is a lot easier these days, the distance in this country 
is still the same. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, um, I know what it, you mean. Like, in, in America, everything's so close yeah, together. Yeah, bands too, from yeah, one yeah, side can tour with another band. Yeah, it's like Whereas a two, two, here, you know, like... Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, yeah. even though there's, you know, flying and everything, I mean, we used to drive fucking everywhere, but, you know, we, we, you know, we fly now because it's, it's more convenient and it's affordable, but, you know, for a long fucking time, you know, I was getting the van, off you go, you know, and, um, yeah, you know, I think, unfortunately, because of the size of Australia, even with the communication levels that we have today, it still, can still be difficult to get that cohesion amongst a, um, you know, nationwide metal scene in Australia. You know, and, yeah. and and then unfortunately, certain pockets of the country have their own little scenes and that, and I think it, it gets a bit bitchy. And you know, I mean, after twenty odd years of, of doing this, you know, I've, I've seen it all before, and unfortunately, that that sort of stuff can be quite you know detrimental as well. And so, you yeah. know, I think I think Australia would be a lot better off if we we got more of it cohesive, you know, I mean, and it's just, it's the same as anything, you know, you've got to go overseas or whatever to do something good to come back and do something better, you know, and uh, you know, I don't necessarily think that, I mean, I think bands, you know, bands like Psychotic and, and you know, Bob Dustin and Adam proved that you don't fucking need all that shit, man, you're from Australia and you're as good as fucking anybody that comes yeah, from anywhere exactly. else, you know. Yeah, I actually had Dave Haley from Psychoptic and Blood Duster on the show for the first two episodes, and he was pretty much the same. They're for, uh, Psychoptic from Hobart, the the most like rural place you can get in Australia, is pretty yeah. much forgotten about as far as mainland Australia. Yeah, but yet yeah. they they tour the world. Yeah, exactly. Like, they proved that being Australian, like mm-hmm. you can yeah. be from. A place like that and still make it. Well, that's it. I mean, I mean, um, I mean. Well, three members of Dreadnought are from Tasmania originally. I am. I was born there. So was uh, the two guitar players. Oh wow! So, you know, I remember when Psychostic first started coming to Melbourne. Uh, I was actually watching watching at the uh, the ESPY with uh, Richie, guitarist, and I turned to Richie and I said, "Oh, you know, fuck these guys. They're really good." And he just turned around and, <laughs> and, said, well, and he said, "Well, what the fuck else did you used to do when you were living in Tasmania?" I went, Jam. That's all we used to do, you know, five, <laughs> five nights a fucking week. We just jam. You know, so, you know, but again, like, you know, Dave was saying, it doesn't matter where you're from, you know, they, you know, they, they might, you know, three quarters of the band still live in Hobart. They don't, they don't need to fucking go and move to New York or fucking Berlin or wherever. They live in Hobart. <laughs> so, yeah, exactly. And, and, but yeah, they go over Europe and States and Asia and all that all the time. So yeah, exactly, and that's that. That just reiterates my point, and Dave obviously reiterates it as well. With well, man, you know, you don't fucking need to be from here or there. You know, Australian bands are just as good as fucking anywhere. You know, yeah, exactly. And uh, if they can't go over, they bring bands like Aborted, who they're touring with this year. Uh, they bring them over to the to Australia because they couldn't afford to get over to Europe. So they're like, fuck it, we'll bring them here. Yeah. And that's just another proof that Australian metal can do what the rest of the world can do, if not better. Well, that's it. I mean, I think there's, you know, it's starting to really take shape again with, with some good festivals and that all beginning again. I mean, you know, Metal for the Brain was kind of the epicenter of of uh, you know the, the metal scene for a long time, but that's you now that we got to sort of think about that. that. That stopped over ten years ago, and it, it, yeah. it, it, and I think it took a few years for uh, you know metal metal music on a national scale to recover from that. You know because it was such a fucking big deal. You know everybody came from fucking everywhere for that kick, but now yeah. it's sort of it's sort of broken up a bit more. I mean they have you know obviously you've got Sonic Forge here in Melbourne, um, you know. Uh, festivals in Brisbane, Sydney, every yeah, you know, it's like it, and it's good. It's a good thing. But but yeah. uh, that that sort of community is still happening. I mean, you know, I mean, there's not as far as sort of bands that have been around so as long as Dreadnought. I mean, I think the only other guys that that are really active that are still around, uh, you know, like you know, you've got guys like Frankenbach and, and True Corroded. Uh, you know, they're, they're still really active, been around a long time, and so it's like Optic. And and Earth, who, yeah. who have taken you know, a few few recesses out here and there, but they're still out. I mean, they played last night. So, you know, it, it, but then, you know, there's, there's still plenty of, you know, great new bands, you know, Desecrator, you know, I, I could go on and on and on, you know, about 
about all the, all the way that you know Australian metal it, it just survives. So uh, back to metal for the brain. Uh, do you miss it? Do you miss the festival? Because I sure as hell miss that as a fan. But like as a person that played there several times, do you miss it? Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, I think it was a really good thing. I mean, because it, 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 it was it was a national festival. I mean, we have you know. Yeah. I, I mean, like I said, we, you know, you might have Sonic Forge, you might have except you know various festivals around the country and they're bringing bands from interstate and you know all that sort of cool stuff and everyone's hooking up and you know there's bands from everywhere getting on different bills in different states which is which is excellent but metal for the brain was a national event that's 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 i think the difference it was like you know it was a it was a national event and there were there were bands very well represented from everywhere kind of thing whereas you know i mean if if, if, if a show's in melbourne for example uh, it tends to be quite Vic, Victorian band heavy. Not, not that it's. I'm not saying yeah. that's a bad thing. I'm just saying that it's just easier to book like that. You know, same as say Brisbane, for example. It's a lot of Brisbane band heavy, and then yeah, bringing bringing in some other people from around the place. Whereas Metal for the Brain, I think was it was, you know, uh, each state was very well represented. Yeah, yeah I, so that, I that, used to call it like heavy metal's home bake. Like yeah, the well, home it. bake festival is all rock bands from within Australia, or yeah. it used to be. Now it's not. But I used to call Metal for the Brain the same thing. Uh, metal was home bake. Well, it's it. all Australian from everywhere. Yeah, that's it. And I went, you know, I went, and you know, and I think it was just the you know the atmosphere that they created as well. And um, I mean, I think it was you know, like I said earlier, it was, it was quite. I'm not detrimental. That's a bit extreme, but um, it was quite sort of reflective after that shut down for a few years. The, the cohesiveness of, of, this, of the metal scene in Australia was was kind of lost for a few years. I think. And yeah. Sort of, sort of, so, sort do of you really think it's starting to get stronger? Oh yeah, definitely. It's it's, it's all back and happening now. It has been for probably the last, I think, probably the last five years or so. But up until sort of you know mid you know 2005, 2006, you know. After metal, I think Metal for the Brain stopped in like 2000, 2001, you know, that sort of four to five years after it, but the cohesiveness kind of was gone. And then it's just, it, it just took a while to recover, I think. You know, I mean, other people might agree or disagree with me, I don't know. That's what I, that's what I think after fucking 20 odd years of playing in a metal band in Australia, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what kind of influence did Metal for the Brain have on Dreadnought? I'm sorry, I couldn't quite hear you that time. Uh, what kind of influence did uh, Metal for the Brain have on Dreadnought? Oh, I, I don't know if it had any sort of influence on on the band itself. I mean, I think it, it was it was more influential to the metal heavy metal scene in Australia. I think rather than individual bands, I and mean, it was great to catch up with you know people that you didn't see all the time from, from interstate bands, which was, you know, cool. And it was also cool to hang out with, you know, Melbourne bands that we knew as well, you know, we'd all be together and, you know, get really loose after the show and whatnot, you know, it was, it was great. You know, so, I, again, I think it was that just that communal, you know, it's not tribal fucking vibe about Metal for the Brain. But uh, it was missing for a few years, but now I, I think it's I think it's come back because, you know, there's... Always, there's always going to be some young kid who's, who fucking gets into metal. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just inevitable. Yeah. And, you know, they're going yeah. you know, to be like, you know, we're all fucking 12 years old once and wanted to go to a fucking show, but didn't. I mean, you know. Yeah. Or couldn't. You know, I mean, you know, all ages gigs aren't, aren't, real, aren't a real thing much in the, in the metal scene. You know, they, they happen, but not as much as, say, as punk. You know, the punk bands and stuff always do all ages gigs, but metal, metal bands don't do it a lot because it sometimes can be, you know, quite difficult to get kids along. I mean, we've only ever done yeah. maybe half a dozen in our entire career and probably only one or two of them yeah. have been, been good. You know, that, that's not a blight on kids. It's just a thing, you know. You actually, uh, you actually did an all ages gig for me when I lived in Orange. Uh, oh, yeah. Called the Freshly Pluck Festival. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah well, I remember that. I was one of the organisers, but uh, it failed that year. I don't know why. It had an amazing lineup, 
but uh, yeah, and really yeah. cheap tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you can't, you know, you know you've obviously organised something like that, so you can't, you know, you can never put your finger on it. You know, like I know you guys the year before did really well. And so the year before that. And the well. year before that. It just, so, uh, like, I we think, had I mean, a really good run-up. Well, that was it. I mean, it, it might have been, you know, who knows, it might have been clashing with something else. It's, it, it's, it's all it takes, man, you know, even if it's not a musical event that you're clashing with, it can it can just yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a musical event. You know, we, we're there. There, it goes back to what I first said. You know, we, we see at the very start of our conversation is like, well, you know, we've seen all that sort of stuff, trial and error. You know, we've we've done some really dumb stuff over these years, like where we've you know gone and forked out two grand to go to Brisbane and fucking play to no one, <laughs> thinking it's yeah. a good idea because we haven't been up to Brisbane for a while. I mean, we don't make those mistakes anymore, but, you know, back, back when we were first kicking off, it's like, oh, we got an offer for a gig in Brisbane. Oh, fuck, we've only ever been there once before. We've got to go again, you know, we're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> and we ended up going up there and, you know, that sort of shit. And, you know, you know, some, you know something else, the V8 supercars is on or some fucking bollocks and, and there's no one there. <laughs> you know, that's all it takes. Yeah. You know, that's all it takes. Yeah. Well, uh, what keeps you going after 22 years on the road? Oh, you know, I think or it's... near 22 years? <laughs> oh, well, you know, I think I think it comes down to what we put out for the 21st anniversary. So, you know, they call it fucking dedication or foolishness. You know, take your pick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, dedicated fools, maybe. That's that's maybe, maybe it. You know, I mean, it's not... You know, it's not an easy road, but, you know, I mean, I think that... Yeah, we, we like making music. I mean, I you know I don't really think of anything you know doing anything else really. I mean, it's just you know I like making music, and so do the other guys. I mean, it, it can be tough, you know. Like the, you know, there's been times where it's worn thin. It's been times where we've nearly you know we've nearly folded a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, but we don't get all over fucking Facebook and broadcast all this sort of shit. You know, we don't. We're not like that. I mean, even even when our original drummer Suds, you know. Yeah, I mean, he committed suicide and stuff like that. He, you know, we didn't get all on Facebook. We didn't get out there and make fucking public statements and shit because we're not like that. So, but yeah. to, answer, to answer your question, you know, it's you know, we, you know, we just do it because we do. You know, and if it, as rough as it gets, you know, yeah, you know, we sort of know now when to pull back and when to go forward. You know, sometimes it's like, well. No, we don't really feel like organising anything at the moment. Let's just play fucking music and write some songs. You know, we've got to remember that that's what we do as a band and the organisational shit can take a back seat for a little while because, you know, yeah. otherwise we, we just get too caught up and, you know, the music suffers. So, you know, we've, and we just, you know, we just learn to exist. You know, if everyone can't be at rehearsal, we don't just go, oh, well, that's fucked. We, you know... Three of us go and rehearse and write or work or do something, you know, and talk with us even. You know, it, it, we sort of stopped all that shit that splits a lot of bands up, I think, you know. Oh, how come they can't show up to rehearse or they're not showing up? That kind of pettiness that happens in a lot of bands. You know, we, we, just, yeah. we got over that shit fucking 15 years ago. Yeah, I see that in a lot of bands that I'm into these days. They go through members like they're just rented pretty much because they don't get along with them on the road or because they're not turning up to practice and they uh, instead of sitting them down and saying look how about you practice these parts we'll jam every now and again and working it out they just get rid of them like they're disposable soon enough they're gonna go oh we have no more people to tap into yeah well that's it you know I mean during what's saying we are I mean we only really had a handful of members, you know. I mean, me and Richie and Damon are still original members of the band. Um, Ando has been on bass now for 13 years. Um, before that, we had uh, Squiz, who's now guitarist in King Parody. He played bass for nearly 10 years. <laughs> um, Suds on drums. Suds was on drums for 12 years. Um, Sandy was on drums for four Racker was on drums for four, and now we've got uh, Marty O'Shea, who's he's actually the drummer for the Eternal. He, he's been on drums with us now for about a year and a half, and you know he's a great guy. You know that currently you know we're really happy. He's, you know, as far as you know, Marty's been there and done that. You know he's toured the world, seen it all. He's recorded. He, he's done a lot. You know he's nothing that really surprises him. So it's not really a thing for him. So he, he slots quite 
well into the band because he's, you know, road weary, <laughs> you know. So, you know, I don't, yeah. I don't think about that, that that sort of disposable. So, you know, that's it, you know, that, you know, we, like I said, we've had a few crisis meetings over the years. We fucking had to if we wanted to keep going. You know, it's not like it's all yeah. fucking better, better roses. Like, oh, these guys have been getting on great for fucking 21 years. No. <laughs> no, no, that's not fucking true. <laughs> but... Yeah, you look past that. Yeah, you look past that stuff and try and work it out. I mean, you know, it's, it's you know, like you said, you know, some people just go, oh, you know, oh, didn't show up in practice, all right, you're fired. Or, you know, you, you, yeah. you know, or whatever, you know, it's sort of like, you know, you've got to talk to people, you know, it's sort of like, I mean, literally, yeah, things have, we've had that sort of thing. And it's been like, you know, please, man, you know, fucking, or look, fucking sick of your shit. You know, fucking pull your fucking head in. If you don't, you fuck yeah. off. You know, but you, you, you know, you got to be reasonable. You know, like some bands, you just go, oh, how come they've just lost their rhythm section again <laughs> this year? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, how come they've lost guitarists? You know, oh, they, are they on their third guitar? They guitarists for the, for the year already? You know, that kind of thing. You know, it, 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 you know it, but every band's different, man. I, I can't comment. I'm only saying how Dreadnought works. I mean, every band's different. That's one thing I'll fucking say. Every band's different. <laughs> the way they go about things, the so way they the, work. So the 21st anniversary show, or the 21st birthday show, uh, it was played at... Uh, where was it played in Melbourne? Like, uh, what at the, venue? At the Reference Hotel. Okay. Uh, yeah. Who played? Because I've seen the lineup and it's monster. Like it's huge. It yeah, was a uh, lineup to uh, like rival a medal for the brain lineup. The only yeah, ones no, that weren't there were Alchemist. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, that's it. You know, we couldn't. Um, yeah, they, they they wouldn't come out of retirement. Either with blood duster. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think Floyd's return my call. <laughs> but, um, but the the idea was just to you know get get bands or people who are playing in bands that we've you know shared stages with over the years. You know that was the idea. I mean, we got Repugnance back together, which is uh, Ando Dreadnought and Dan Frankenbox. And Ben O, who's bass player for Earth, uh, their, their first band that used to do gigs with us back when they were kids, they sort of reformed. Um, who else was on there with us? Oh, there's so many people. Um, uh, Wilderness, um, Heaven the Axe, Alarum, um, Frankenbach, Earth. Uh, oh, fuck. Hate um, uh, or More, uh, no fucking brilliant death metal band. Um, Seabon Kira from Adelaide. Um, uh, played Black. Uh, fuck. Um, I'm just trying to think of everybody. Uh, Red Sky Burial. Uh, oh, oh. Okay. Uh, Rick Kelly, who's the former frontman of Bean Flipper. He, he did an acoustic set. And, um, our good friend, Tina oh. Katuri. She, she did a, she did an acoustic set as well at the end of the night. Um, Oh fuck! I, I, I watched everybody. <laughs> I made sure I did. Um, we, we also had we also had uh, young young South Australian band Alcura on the bill, but uh, unfortunately the guitarist injured his hand the night before and playing a gig with Frankenbach, and it fucking swelled up the size of a balloon. He had to fly home to Adelaide, so they couldn't do the gig. I mean, um, and they were they were on there. I mean, I Richie wanted to put them on the bill, and I'm like, well, mate, the gig's not actually about that. And he went, well, yeah. you know, I said, oh, I thought it was more friends and stuff from over the years. He goes, well, man, if we don't put young bands on the bill with things that we're doing, then what the fuck are we doing? And I went, well, mate, that's a very good point. You know, if, if an older band like Dreadnought don't put someone like a younger band like Akira on a bill to say, hey, here's the next fucking generation of metal, metal bands, then, you know, we, we, shouldn't, be, we shouldn't be doing it. You know, so, no, that was yeah. cool. I mean, unfortunately, they couldn't play, which is a real shame. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a fucking great day, man. The pub, you know, the pub was packed. We um, we put a whole bunch of money over the bar and um, got got the guys to um, print out uh, little little tickets for a free beer from Dreadnought. So we, we bought the crowd, you know, we bought the crowd a whole bunch of beers, which was cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Were there any tears? Like, did you guys end up tearing up by the end of the night? No, so no, I, I, no, I have to no, say, no, the no. fair bit of pissing me, I probably would have had a tear or two. No, 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 nothing, nothing that emotional. It was, it was, it was a celebration, man. It wasn't a, it, it wasn't a morbid thing, you know. I mean, the, yeah. uh, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only thing we did is that we, we played uh, Flowers Live for the first time in seven years. We hadn't, we hadn't played it live for seven oh. years since since Suds passed away because his uh, his mum actually played it at his funeral and gone ever since then. It was it was just like oh fuck, I don't know if I can do this. But we thought, well, fuck it. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll, you know, it's a song we haven't done for a long time. It's a bit of a I guess a sick bit of a signature tune. So we thought we'd better yeah, tribute we, to Suds, kind of. Yeah, yeah, it was just a, just a dedication sort of thing. But no, there was no excuse or anything. It was, it was a celebration. It was, it was fucking happy and, you know, great, great crowd and just, yeah, it was, it was a fucking really good day, man. It was, it was, you know, place was packed. Everyone, everyone drank way too much. I mean, we did later, but, you know, we we're looking after things during the day, but, um, I think I think the pub made enough money for a month, <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> so no, it was it was really good. It was really good. It was uh, also the Reverend's Hotel is uh, run by the former owners of the Art House, which is a uh, which is a legendary Melbourne venue for twenty plus years. I think we did our I think it was our second third gig there maybe back in back in ninety four. Yeah, like our third gig there. So it was nice to sort of celebrate. A milestone in a venue run by the, the Kelly family, who, who ran the outhouse for so long, and they were always so good to us. And to sort of celebrate that at, at, at their new venue was just, you know, it was fucking spot on because we knew that knew them, we made them for so long. They were really accommodating. We'd worked everything out, and it was just a fucking great day. Couldn't ask for anything better, actually. Yeah, well, that's good. Like, and. It was uh, also good that it was a uh, celebration rather than like a uh, like a, just a chance for a gig. It was a celebration no, of one of the longest running ever metal bands in Australia, and well, celebrating yeah, and was, how long they've been going at it. Oh, and that's for us. It was a, you know, it's to celebrate playing with friends and stuff like that. You know, I mean, unfortunately, we couldn't yeah. get the three, you know, couple of bands we couldn't get. You know, like Truth Corrader were busy and. You know, Blood Buster and obviously Alchemist and sort of, you know, they've never tired now, so couldn't kind of pull those guys out. But we got as many people, you know, like, you know, and even damaged, you know, we, we managed to have, you know, unfortunately King Barrett couldn't do it. They unfortunately double booked themselves because we, we wanted to get squeezed up for a few numbers with us, but they double booked themselves in Perth, so that didn't happen. But all in all, you know, that, that small, small disappointments for a fucking big victory, you know, so now it's a great time. Yeah. So uh, I want to touch on uh, the Roadrunner years because Dreadnought okay. were uh, signed by Roadrunner, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, it started off as Dark Carnival, which was a sub-label, and then we moved over to Roadrunner after a couple of years after that, yeah. You're not signed with them anymore? No, no, man. We haven't been signed with them for a long time. <laughs> Probably seven years, seven, eight years, maybe seven no. years. Yeah, no, we, we kind of got we kind of got removed in the clean out. <laughs> they, they, they don't really have any Australian bands anymore. They they kind of just sort of dropped all the Australian acts and yeah, except just went for with it. Airborne. Oh yeah, I mean except for Airborne, but Airborne have probably got some international stuff going on, so a bit different. Yeah, I I was going to say I haven't seen Airborne play in Australia for a couple of years now. Airborne. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, well, they, well, they, they might have, most... but like, I haven't seen them on the lineup yet. Oh, they spend most of their time in Europe these days, so, you know. But yeah. as far as, yeah, we, we haven't been with them. Yeah, it was good to be on. It was, it was definitely a definitely experience, you know, to, to be part <laughs> of a label. You know, a lot of, you know I think, you know, it's, 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 you know, it's not so relevant now, but, you know, back then, it was, you know, it's, it's hard to get a record, you know, kind of thing, but it's fucking even harder to hang on to it. <laughs> Basically, yeah. that's you know that's what you know again that's what I'd say to you know young bands looking for a record. It's like well, it's hard to get one, but it's even harder to fucking hang on to. So yeah, um, but no, that was that was that was good. That was good to us, man. I mean, the uh, former managing director of Roadrunner Australia, John, he came to the twenty um, first anniversary show. He was there, you know. So we, we've always had a good relationship with, with the staff that work there. They're always really good to us, and um, you know. I, I don't really have any bad thing to say about experience. You know, it was good. It was, it was good. You know, they put a couple of albums yeah. out. You know, we, we got all the promotion that we could ask for and all the rest of it. So, yeah, man, I, I, and for us, it was a positive thing. It was good to learn off people. I mean, uh, I think uh, quite by the name of Bob Stevenson, who was the promotions director there. Bob 
Bob has worked all over the world for like, you know, EMI in London and uh, he worked for, uh, I think it was CBS in America and things like that. So he had, had fucking great world experience and, you know, I spent a lot of time with him doing interviews, taking around for interviews and that. And he's just, you know, a wealth of knowledge to, to talk to and, and learn from. So, you know, I can definitely say it was a, a positive experience. So, uh, who are you signed with now? Uh, no one. No one. No one. So you're fully independent now. Yeah, yeah. Um, our last album, um, basically the self-titled one, that was on. Well, I can't remember the fucking label now, but they they went broke, <laughs> and then we had it released in Japan, and they went. That was on Soundholic, and they went broke. <laughs> so yeah, ever, ever since then we've we've been labelless. So. Um, yeah, we, we might look at, you know, we've got, we're looking at a few apps, options for the next record and um, we've managed to tee up um, some distribution for the DVD, which will be good without it, having it in JD and things like that as well. So uh, we've, we've kind of organised that. So when that comes out, it'll be, be around the place. Um, but as far as the next album goes, as far as the label goes, you know, who knows, we might just have our own fucking label. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, I want to ask you, uh, do you believe the Dreadnought are icons of Australian heavy metal? Because as a fan and a person who's played in a couple of bands, I believe you are. And I know a few other bands believe you are. But do you personally believe that you're an icon of Australian metal? <laughs> I don't know about Icon, maybe old cunt might be more like it. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, it's, you know, I mean, it just, it just comes, you know, it's, it's a bit of a hard question to answer, Tom. It's sort of like, well, I guess because we've just been around so long, I mean, yeah, I'd probably use more of the fucking word veteran, you know, maybe than an actual yeah. icon. I mean, I mean, I, you know, not that I don't think it's great that younger bands that you know look up to us and and, and think, well, fuck, you know, if, if bands like Dreadnought or even you know like Bloodduster, they, they you know they were around for fucking you know twenty fucking three years or some shit. Alchemist, they were, they by the time they split, I think it was you know twenty odd years for them as well. So you know. It, all I'd like to think is perhaps, you know, younger guys might look up to bands like us and go, well, fuck, you know, I can, I can keep playing this till I'm older. I mean, I was a, I was a teenager when Dreadnought started. I'm, I'm now in my early 40s. <laughs> so, it, it, so that gives you an idea. It still doesn't, you know, the, the passion for it doesn't really diminish. You know, it wanes down again. <laughs> I fucking admit that. But uh, as far as... Uh, the passion for it goes, you know, I still get on stage and fucking, personally, I mean it, you know. I get up there and, you know, and I look at me and I'm a fucking worn out old fuck. You know, it's it's like, man, you know, people pay to get in. They want to fucking hear some good shit and see a good show. So, you know, I don't care if there's two people or two fucking thousand. You get the same thing. So, yeah. you know, hopefully that might be something for young bands to look at too, you know. Don't, you know, don't look at go gigs like some fucking paid rehearsal or fucking some bullshit. You know, get on there and fucking put in. Always. Yeah. You know, even if you're tired, even if you're fucking whatever, you know, it's, it's no excuse. You know, yeah. you might, you might, you might be, you know, you have your, you have your good nights, you have your great nights, and you have your fucking pretty average nights as well, don't worry. But, you know, even the greatest bands in the fucking world that have ever been have played like shit. You can bet on it. You know, yeah. you can bet, exactly. you can bet that fucking bands like U2 and Rolling Stones and fucking, you know, mega bands like that, that they played like shit, don't worry. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 So, as far as, you know, yeah. I, I'd rather be, you know, more inspirational than iconic, I think. <laughs> so, do you mind if other people call you that, or do you no, want no, to be no, called no, an inspiration? No, no, I don't mind that at all, man. I don't mind at all. <laughs> yeah, people think that, I think that's fucking great. I don't. I don't <laughs> see anything. I don't see anything wrong with it at all. So, is it strange to think that people think of you that way? Um, no, I think I think it's a good thing. <laughs> I, I, I don't think it's strange. <laughs> I think it's good. I think I think well, that's you know that's great. You know, I mean, I, I met um, 
at Sonic Forge, I met one of the guys from the band Harlot, who had just sort of just been kicking off for the last couple of years, and I, I didn't really know him that. And, you know, he came up to me, he's like, oh, I'm fucking still, and I, I've got to play the same time that you guys do. <laughs> and I wanted to watch you, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd introduce myself and talk to him, and, you know, and I thought, well, I'd like to, yeah, you know, I haven't seen Harlot yet, but I'd like to check him out. You know, he said oh, he's a big fan of the band, and he was pissed off because they had to play their own set and he wanted to watch us and I'm like, well, that's really nice of you, man, but, you know, go play your own set and kick, kick, kick some fucking arse with it, man, you know. <laughs> I have one more question. I end every single interview on this question and I'll ask you the same thing next week. But yep. uh, it's a multiple choice question. You get to pick one of these. So, I'm sorry, uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't quite hear you there. Oh, okay. It's a multiple choice question. Multiple you get question, to yep. pick one of these options. Okay. It's the final question. Uh, a, ask me a question. Any question. B, B, ask a really strange or weird question by me. Or C, give the quote of the week for next week's show. Um, I'll ask you a question, Tom. How about that? <laughs> yeah, it sounds good. All right. Um, how, how? What instrument do you play, and how, how long have you been playing it? Uh, I play. Uh, the technically, I played the bass. I've been playing yep. it since two thousand and seven. I yep. got my bass as a Starlight Foundation Wish. Uh, and as part of that wish, I was supposed to get lessons from Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, uh, really? Although that, what was that, sir? Really, you got, got lessons, got lessons from from Flea. I was supposed to, but it turned into a meet and greet. I actually oh, I... ended up uh, turning into a meet and greet. I met them at last year's big day out. And they uh, yeah. dedicated a song to me during the set in Sydney. Oh, wow, man. Well, I'm glad to ask you that question. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually the first time I've mentioned it on the podcast. Well, I've oh, mentioned that I've met them, but it's the first time that I've mentioned the Starlight Wish. But, uh, yeah. Uh, and then I did a few years playing electronic music under the name Anti-Profit. Oh, really? Because I uh, shattered my... It shattered my wrist, and I had to stop playing bass for about a year. And yeah. I was edgy, and I wanted to keep making music, so I made electronic music. Oh well, oh man, you you got to do that. So yeah, you got to keep keep doing what you do, man. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Oh, it was it was edgy electronic music, like Nine Inch Nails meets Rob oh, yeah, and yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just that, that sort of that sort of dark dark way sort of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't like a Squirrelex or Daft Punk or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, more, more sort of more, more crazy drum beats and high, high BPM. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, two, so two, yeah, two twenty on, on the clock. Yeah, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah, two twenty. I think my quickest song was around three hundred. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, no, <laughs> no one could get the rhythm to that song. Yeah, wow. Ha, <laughs> ha, cool. Oh, cool, yeah. man. Hey. So, uh, thanks for thanks for coming on the show, Greg. Uh, no it was problem, good son. talking anytime. to you. We'll, yeah, anytime, man. We'll have you back next week to uh, do another interview. As always, we do two weeks with every band. Uh, but that was really good. I like that. And by the way, I put a note here saying that... Uh, a suggestion for your next album name, Dedicated Fools. Dedicated Fools. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's certainly something to think about, man. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much us. <laughs> maybe, they can, that, maybe we can use that for the next tour. <laughs> Dedicated Fools. Yeah. <laughs> no, cool, Tom. Yeah, I, I like that. It was quite a catchy name. But, uh, yeah, we'll we'll catch up next week and we'll talk again soon. Yeah, no worries, Tom. Thanks very much, man. Please hang up and try again. 
so on the 14th of June this year, which is roughly a week and a bit from t- uh, Tuesday, today, whenever you listen to this podcast, it comes out on Tuesday, I'm recording on Monday. Either way, on the 14th of June, <clears throat> I'm getting married to one of the most beautiful women on earth, my fiancée, Taylor Lee Berry Chambers. She's very happy to be dropping that double barrel last name. But I, I'm getting my wedding ring tattooed on. So it's permanent. So I can never take it off. A couple of days after the wedding. And a lot of people are like. Oh, why would you do that? That means permanent. What if something goes wrong? Rah, 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 rah. Marriage for me is permanent anyway. Not uh, If something's going wrong. Divorce. No. Something's going wrong. Working on it to make it work. Anyway, it's like a car. If you uh, break down once, you're not going to throw the fucking car away. You're going to go to a mechanic and get it fixed. Anyway, uh, unless like the whole thing's totally blown up. In which case, you're going to get a new fucking engine. Because you can't afford to get a new fucking car. Either way. But I still love her very, very much. And it's not going to change. No matter how long I'm with her. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I'm getting married, which means that uh, the show's going to have a week, maybe a two-week break. And then after the break comes back, I will come back. Uh, there'll be like four or five more episodes, I don't know. I'm not actually quite sure how long the season's supposed to go for, or going to go for. But all I know is that I was planning on coming back mid to late August, but uh, I've now decided to take August off completely, mainly because it's um, my birthday month and I don't want to interfere with that. Plus, I want to go to the Queen show in uh, in Sydney, which lands on my birthday on the 26th of August. So, uh, yeah, which is a Tuesday. Or Wednesday. I don't know. It's midweek. But either way, uh, yeah, I don't want to do this during August. So it'll be back in September. But uh, yeah, uh, wedding prep is a son of a bitch. Weddings aren't cheap. Like, Taylor's father and her grandmother and uh, a few others. Like, my siblings are throwing in a lot. My parents are throwing in the bar. Taylor's father's throwing in a lot of money to help out. Same with her grandmother uh, on her mother's side. And her mom's throwing in what she can here and there. But, uh, yeah, still a lot's come out of our pocket as well. Weddings aren't fucking cheap. If we had a knowing going into it, we both said that we probably would have bought a house instead of, like, paying for a fucking wedding. But either way, like, well, that's an exaggeration. We we haven't spent as much on the wedding as a house costs, but, yeah, you get my drift. Uh, but that being said, it'll be worth it in the end because I know it. It uh, means a lot to me to be able to call her my wife. And it means a lot to her to be able to call her my husband. What? No. It means a lot to her to be able to call me her husband. Yeah, that's right. Not the other one. The other one I got wrong. Don't listen to that bit. Fuck that bit off. But anyway, uh, yeah, so uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Don't be fooled by the tone of my voice. This is just because I'm sick. I'm really excited. I'm not nervous at all. I'm actually genuinely excited. I cannot fucking wait to marry her. Like, seriously. I've been looking forward to it for a very long time. Uh, um, before the show ends, I wanted to, right now, I want to just let everybody out there know that if you're in a metal band or you're running a concert or you have anything to do with Aussie metal and you need to advertise, you can advertise on the Full Metal Lockdown podcast. If you're in a band, an independent Aussie band, metal band, you advertise free of charge. Uh, Aussie metal shows, depending on which show it is, and I am at the discretion of that. You advertise free on this podcast. For free. No 
cents or dollars charged to you. You just advertise. If you've got an album and EP that you want to hook, send me an email at fullmetallockdown at gmail.com, subject advertising, and let me know. I will advertise it on this podcast for free every single week for one month at a time. You don't get a lot of time. Yeah, I've got to call it quit somewhere. Same with uh, if you're running a show or a concert or something and you need advertising, one month free advertising on the Full Metal Lockdown podcast. This doesn't last forever, people. This is an only a short time deal. So get in. Everybody who applies will get it. Except for the one, like, the, like I said, the shows are at my discretion, but every band that applies will get free advertising on this podcast. So uh, every every single week, I tell people to go to our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash full metal lockdown, or hit me up on the Twitter Tom underscore Roberts 1989 at Tom underscore Roberts 1989 and uh, follow me, talk to me, inbox the page, hit us up with an email. It's fullmetallockdown at gmail.com. Uh, just come over, have a chat, uh, hit me up on the inbox, do whatever you do. Uh, if it wasn't for people listening to that, listening to the uh, podcast or going over to our Facebook page, some people wouldn't have known that we were running a Red Bee competition. Thankfully, Cat Woods heard it and she won. Hopefully, she got it in the mail safely. Um, Yeah, pretty much hit us up on our, uh, on our uh, social media. Hit Dreadnought up on their social media. Uh, go to their Facebook page and it will link you to everything pretty much. Thank you, Greg Trial, for being on the show this week. Next week, we uh, have part two of the interview with Greg. Uh, yeah, yeah, next week we have part two. The week after that, there will be no show, uh, simply because I'm taking a small hiatus due to my wedding. Uh, so, yeah. Um, once again, thank you, Greg. And that's the end of the podcast. Bye. I love you.